You're listening to Caddy Wampus. Lon teased, Lon hinted at, Lon flat out stated at the last, at the end of our last miniseries, we we completed the road to Mandy. I forgot the movie for a second. I was like, wait, what, what Nicolas Cage movie did we all lead up to? It was Mandy. What we now begin today is not a road, but an odyssey. The earnest odyssey. A tentacle. Uh-huh. Part a word one. for it. Yeah. Ernest goes to camp. <laughs> Part one, Ernest commits many, many felonies. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, so what is, what is I guess before we start it with, the, with the text proper, uh, what, is, what, was, what is everyone's familiarity, if any, with the character of Ernest P. Worrell? No. I mean, I watched all those movies when I was a kid oh, good. and kind of loved them. Not just me. Okay, cool. Yeah. Same. I don't I, know why. I'm, yeah. I loved him when I, I was don't know a kid. Because like, <laughs> they came out in the 80s, in the, right? Yeah, the late yeah. 80s. This, this one came out in summer so, of 87. Right. So I don't know if they were like on TV and that's why I saw them. Mm-hmm. Or if, oh, yeah. if I just ended up with VHSs. Or like, it was both. Because I definitely had, I think I had a few of the VHSs, but I don't know why. Well, Ernest, Ernest was a pre-existing character um, with TV specials and advertisements in the early 80s. So this was, he was not born of whole cloth in this film. <laughs> This is like, uh, this was like, you remember when the Geico Caveman got a TV pilot by ABC? Unfortunately. Mm. Yes, this is kind of like that, except, um, well, it actually happened. Well, also mostly less racist. Um, because <sighs> the cavemen were, were referred, were, were lived in Atlanta and they were second class citizens and they were referred to, because they're Crow Magnon men, as maggers, der- der- derisively. Hmm. Oh, that sounds like a bad idea. Why? Boy, how far Disney's come. Anyway, um, you think the Rise of Skywalker's the worst thing they've ever done? Boy. Uh, <laughs> oh, my, I got some bad news for everybody. Oh. No, that would be Song of the South. <laughs> so that's what Ernest is. Um, so, so the ads typically um, refer, were, were in shot in a first-person narrative where the camera was the character known as Vern. And Ernest was talking to Vern um, about his schemes, his Rube Goldberg contraptions, and, and you know they would go poorly. And uh, somehow this sold a car dealership. But anyway, that was that was Ernest in general, and the character became so popular that it led to I think a couple TV specials, um, which led to this film. He's played by by comedian Jim Varney, who our generation not just for not so much Ernest, but grew up loving as Slinky Dog in the Toy Story films. <laughs> Whether or clamp it. Wait, is Ernest Goes to Camp the first Ernest movie? I mean, Correct. yes. I, 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 yeah. I, no, Corey, we led you astray by starting you, <laughs> starting you with the last one. Uh, I really like as we were watching it. I really was thinking Ernest Goes to Jail would be the sequel. I, <laughs> y- yes, it's it's weird that that's the third one. Or is that the fourth? It's yeah. the third one, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, after he <clears throat> saves I, I Christmas, really was like, he's put in jail uh, for saving Christmas. Well, maybe he's on the yeah. run in the second movie from all these crimes in this movie. I mean, it would explain his character if every film is him assuming a 
the same identity but in a different part of the country to escape his what I can only describe as war crimes. And, and boy, how did life. he commit some crimes and Ernest goes to camp. So, for I, anyone I not... Realized, f- go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. What'd you realize? I, just, I realized while watching Ernest goes to camp that I didn't remember basically anything about it. And no, me either. I, I just, I was reminded a lot of, like, the, the same kind of humor from, like, Home Alone, just not as good. You mean slapstick humor? Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, the yeah. the sl- slapstick and I guess the slapstick also like the bodily harm humor where like yeah Ernest someone gets is... kicked in the nuts yeah yeah if only someone that gets... was all that happened to him yeah. someone gets covered <laughs> in vomit someone you know trips down a staircase or a ladder falls on them that's slapstick so for anyone who doesn't know I mean for, for for people who don't know the plot you know uh, and that's probably a lot of people because you probably don't remember this movie and also it's not the easiest movie to find uh, for some reason Disney about like Disney released these movies at least a couple first couple I think um, Disney good old Touchtown D- D- yeah <laughs> oh Touchstone Pictures you kind of had a point at one point <laughs> Disney's basically vaulted these movies permanently it looks like because um, they're very hard to get uh, are they vaulted or were they thrown into the incinerator I assume the vault is an incinerator. <laughs> They're in that landfill with all those copies of E.T. That's true. I, I I mean, this is probably better than e- the E.T. game. Oh, by a wide margin. <laughs> but that's only because this was actually a, a, a finished product. <laughs> that's true. That's true. You definitely don't feel like they, they, they didn't shoot anything. <laughs> well, what I assume happened is... They filmed a bunch of extra B-roll for a double mint commercial and then mm. decided to stick Jim Barney in between all of the shots of B-roll. There's a couple montages in this movie that really do lead a, lend a lot of credence to your, to your conspiracy theory. <laughs> like... So the movie opens centuries in the past, <laughs> which is bold for an artist. Did not film. remember that at all. At first, I was like, ooh, is this the origin of Ernest? Is this, like, Ernest comes from a long life of fuck-ups? No, it's not. It's it's about um, Plains, uh, the Plains Native Americans who um, have this ritual, apparently, where they are, they test their youth with, by throwing three um, different kinds of um, weapons at them to prove their courage, valor, valor, and heart, and all that stuff. I don't remember the exact wordage, but it'll come into play. I think it's um, courage. It's a sword. It's one an of them. And, arrow. and each one of them represents something like courage. I want to say bravery, but I'm like, isn't that courage? <laughs> I think it was like brute or like courage. Heart. Heart's uh, one of them. Courage. It's like courage, faith, and heart, and something like heart, that. Fortitude, handshakefulness. They all um, sound the same. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Let me put it this way: they're all the shittiest power you could get in Captain Planet. Like, they're all Mati. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's Wheeler, <laughs> except for the one kid in the camp. Um, yeah. But, um, there's a couple Wheelers in this camp. It opens. I was like that they refer to it as many lifetimes ago, which is my first note. I just wrote down the words many lifetimes ago because that's what came up on the screen. And the other note I had was this is this was shot in the two three five to one aspect ratio, which is a bold stance for Ernest's first cinematic outing. <laughs> this is shot in scope widescreen, and like you know, like the way like Lawrence of Arabia is shot or huge budget action oh. films. Which I, I was very was, surprised about that when I started watching. Yeah, it. I was right? just like, "Wait, this is widescreen." 
Oh yeah, it yeah, was. It, I was not ready for that. It was shocking. I forgot that the Vern conceit carries into these films, and that Ernest is speaking to us. Like Ernest sees us. He, we are culpable in Ernest's crimes. We appear to be his friend or a recent acquaintance. We're not Vern, because he talks about Vern later. But he is constantly breaking the fourth wall and talking to us, which I found. I think as the older I get, the more disturbed I become by the fourth by fourth wall breaking. The more I do not want to watch the fourth wall broken, because I feel more and more responsible or culpable for the character's actions when I do when that happens. It allows me to be a party to his crazy shenanigans and I believe uh, the term is accessory. Copious, yeah, copious felonies. Anyway, Ernest Ernest is is the janitor, the the maintenance man at a um at a summer camp for boys he has his his want is is i want son is is that he is he is the maintenance man but he wants to be a camp counselor which is a very obtainable goal because if he works there he must have passed some kind of background check or they don't do background checks therefore he could just be a counselor probably i'm gonna assume it's that one yeah it doesn't seem like they do background checks no no um Considering also, the counselors also seem like they might well, be uh, like on a work release program well, from a bus, prison. So a bus, a school bus shows up, and and kids and counselors get off. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. So these counselors like in high school, Ernest, which would be, means one of two things. Ernest wants to be a counselor despite it being a summer internship for high schoolers. Or are we meant to believe the Ernest character is like younger than Jim Varney is is? Like, it dawned on me all of a sudden, like, is Ernest supposed to... Because he's childlike. I'm like, is Ernest supposed to be, like, 19? <laughs> like, oh, Actually, the, the more I think about this, the more I'm starting to wonder if the whole plot of the Ernest character is he's telling us stories of his life and inserting himself, like, I was a kid when this happened, but I don't remember what I looked like, so here's me inserted into this plot Twain-esque now. Figure. <laughs> yes! Like he's telling you this story. <laughs> Where like he's a kid, he's afraid of shots. He's like he's very childlike, and it really did read to me. Where all of a sudden, like, is Ernest supposed to be like a teenager? Yeah, but then he also says that he was like in Nam. That is true. He did say he that, served in Vietnam. Yeah, <laughs> and that he's like he's a man's man. He yeah, but he also lies about quiche. literally fucking everything in the entire movie. Well, he's definitely got like Dunning Kruger effect, and he's definitely he's definitely like. Like, 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 like overconfident. But the way he said he was in Nam, I was like, wait a minute. It's the backstory of the Ernest character that he served in Vietnam. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think. I think he is the age he's portrayed as. Or yeah. Whatever, but Which, by the way, I, he talks. He just, of, he just wants to get a job as a counselor. He's he pro- talks. Of, how long has he actually been a janitor there? Yeah, yeah maybe this is day two. Um, well, no, it has to be the last summer because everybody knows who he is. So he's been there for at least a year, which makes you wonder what he does in the off season. Does he live there a la like Jason? Oh, I mean, Moyes? he does. They showed his his little house that You're he had right. there. You're right. He does live there. He lives um, there. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, like if that's... a pet that, turtle. He's got a bed. Yeah, if he's getting room and board and all he has to do is maintenance this place on the off season and then work there during the summer... And they're feeding him and everything else. I mean, yeah, yeah it would make sense if he was there. Yeah. He's the to caretaker. Be, he's always fair, been the never, caretaker. They never really ask Ernest to do anything in well, the, the entire movie. At he the just beginning, kind of, he's fixing the sign, and then he and then he tries to fix that toilet incompetently. Um, yeah. 
The only thing they ask him to do is to go pick up the kids that we're getting to. But. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, this movie kind of starts over. This movie's only 90 minutes. And for 90 minutes, it, one, packs a lot of story into it, uh, strangely. And two, it kind of moves, in a weird way, Is it's so overstuffed. It does kind of, I actually found it to be a pretty brisk watch. Because I was like, oh, I guess we're done. Um, but the kind of first act of the film, it's like three little three-act plays. The first act of the film <laughs> is that Ernest is hated by the other young, young counselors. And um, the, the, the head of the camp reveals to the counselors that they are going to this summer be hosting um, a group of troubled youths from a what's referred to as a institute, an institution for boys, a boys institution. Like not like a home or a halfway house, but like some kind of juvenile detention center. <laughs> and so they decide to pawn these these kids off on Ernest. That's sort of act one of the film, which is its own little short film before act two starts in which an evil corporation um, jumps into the movie. <laughs> the J.C. Penny Institute for Poorly Dressed Boys. <laughs> po- poorly is uh, excellently dressed boys. Um, but basically, um, also before that, so there's a nurse. There's Nurse Saint Cloud. She is she is a Plains Native American. She, or she's Native American. Um, I don't know if they're supposed to be Plains. Um, but he's using Plains sign language. He's learned Plains sign language to communicate with her and her grandfather, who actually owns this land that the camp is on. Um, which it seems, which that plot line seems like the most um, racially charged. It's both the most racist and somehow the most enlightened part of the movie. Um, in that he's actually learning their language. Yeah. And, and so that's sort of all the, the, the setup. Um, and, uh, uh, basically the kids show up, um, or Ernest goes and picks up these kids. Um, they're referred to as the second chancers. Um, and each one of them has their own pair of trademark 80 sunglasses. And each one of them is known for a different crime. But I'd like to point out that there's a kid in a blazer who is referred to as the Einstein of this boy's this boys institution which made me want to know what he did because they are acting like he committed like insider trading but he to keep to, <laughs> to keep in mind these children are 10 like they're not like i don't know how old they're supposed to be but they're like 10 and at one point he's running a, a poker game and he um puts Ernest in so much debt that he'll be painted off for quote 14 years 14 years and a couple months and a couple months yeah um or, which means also Ernest has a huge gambling problem. Yeah, the problem is he's not good at it. You can say that again. The problem is he's not, yeah. His prob- well, the problem is is he got taken up by fucking Molly's game, but uh, like a 10-year-old. That's also true. Yeah, so the, there's a group of, of wayward of wayward street-tough youths that Ernest takes under his wing. They play a lot of games, uh, they play a lot of pranks on him, which leads him to get many shots. At one point, he's so terrified of shots, he admits to a series of crimes, including being Joseph Mengele in hiding, which I thought was great for a kid's movie. Yeah, it was a really random reference. I was just like, when I was a kid, that went over my head. And even today, I'm still just like, that's going to go over most people's heads. Yeah, that's a real that's a real choice reference. And then the children seem to have super strength and kind of murder Ernest a few times with like, uh, like his face like cartoonishly forms into metal a couple times from being hit with things. Um, I don't know. The movie felt kind of like at this point, who could kill a child? The famous cult film in which an island of children murders adults. 
because they just kind of try to murder Ernest, and just because it's a kid's film, he, li- he lives, which made me run ask this question of, so in this universe, can anyone get hurt like that? Like, do the kids know he won't die? I, I don't so. know. I, I'm <laughs> starting to think this world runs on Looney Tunes rules, so nobody really yes. dies. <laughs> it seems like it. There's also a subplot of two cooks who seem to be playing kind of like food-based sex games with Ernest, where they kind of force him to eat things and speak erotically, which was very strange. That goes nowhere. Well, they build a they build a food cannon later. Uh huh. I don't. And they make no. uh, they make fun screaming sounds, and he talks to the lobsters before he throws them in the boiling water. Boy, by the way, I never, I didn't, I went to like one camp as a kid. I'm sorry. Which what is this camp that's having lobster? Yeah, I don't know. That's usually you're eating like fucking end. oats and granola. That is pa- really high end. Maybe some sloppy joes and hot dogs. Yeah, powdered eggs. Yeah, I went to one camp once, and it did not suit me, which I'm sure surprises anyone who knows me. I'm shocked. They didn't. They didn't have steak and lobster at your camp. No, they didn't have surf and turf. <laughs> but basically, that's sort of the first like part of the movie. Um, there's a there's a very a very specific cinematically stereotypical type of young black child in the film who um, Ernest saves from a counselor's hate crime drowning, and he kind of becomes Ernest's only friend. Yeah. Yeah, in our current climate, it was even more chilling than it already would have been. And then a third of the way through, the movie decides that this whole plot of Ernest learning, um, you know, these kids learning something from Ernest, and Ernest learning something from these kids, which will inevitably end in them being put on the right straight and narrow path, and Ernest becoming a counselor, is not quite cutting it, at which point an evil businessman shows up. Hmm. He introduced yep. him in the first act, but he, they doesn't. Uh, they don't aggressively start to... So so I looked at it. It's 30 minutes into this 90-minute mm-hmm. movie where he's introduced. I remember, yeah, I remember distinctly, because about 30 minutes in, I texted Brian and went, why the fuck am I still getting plot points a half an hour into this film? Because it's a good movie. Well, one, first of all, I want to point out that the um, that the the businessman who I don't remember the actor's name, and I'm not going to look up his character name, but he's the voice of Rupert Thorne on the Batman animated series, um, hmm. which I clo- which I clocked immediately the minute he started speaking. I was like, whoa, it's Rupert Thorne. So I'm just going to refer to him as Rupert Thorne throughout the rest of this, because <laughs> that's also just an evil bat you know business villain that Batman must fight. But uh, he wants the land to get petrocyte, which I looked up and does not appear to be a thing. But they need it for defense contracts in space. And the space program, <laughs> which I thought was the best part, which is like, this will help the space program and defense contractors. The St. Cloud family um, does not feel um, inclined to sell the land uh, to build weapons of war in space. <laughs> which are heady themes for these, this earnest film in a Reagan's America um, it's it's a shockingly it's a shockingly liberal statement. This leads to complications between Ernest, the St. Clouds, the kids. This is all kind of wrapped up while the evil businessmen kind of move around. There's a chilling scene where they where they where they take somebody's land and and a large man beats up an old man to kick him out of his house before they tear it down. Oh yeah, the old man's like pointing a shotgun right at the door, and this guy just comes in and just clocks him. Well, in the middle of this movie, there's a goddamn John Steinbeck standoff. Which I thought was like amazing for Ernest, uh, to the point where like, which is which just goes to show you, you can show kids anything because I'm sure I watched this movie 17 times and I don't remember any of this, so it clearly didn't affect me <laughs> negatively. I don't think any of it's like 
haunting in terms of like fucking you up as a kid. It's more haunting as an adult when you realize what the yeah. implications are to this. Yeah. <laughs> like, kind of like what Steve said earlier. Like, it's very like Looney Tunesy. He's almost like the Elmer Fudd to the Bugs Bunny, I guess. You know, like it's Looney Tunesy to a point. And there's like certain things that are clearly for adults. Like, I like, 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 like that kids, it would just go over kids' heads where it's like, like Ernest gets a turtle stuck on his face, and there's this lawn shot of the kids who go, come on, guys, we can, we can jerk that sucker off in a second. And there's enough of a pause where I went, was that intentionally a joke <laughs> that would oh, make adults I wondered that about too. that. <laughs> I was like, was that for the adults in the audience? Which, which if it were, I as an adult am not. Charmed or find it funny, <laughs> especially when since there's a bunch of that. children saying it. So Rupert Thorne demands that Saint Cloud sign over the land. He refers to it as his patriotic duty, which again is one of those things where I'm like, that, that is ac- that's an accurate shit hill move on his villain's part. But it just seems like more than this movie can handle to have a villain do that. And again, as a kid, like I don't think that reads to you, but as an adult, I'm like, I find that chilling. <laughs> this like evil businessman is like says that and you know he's saying a lot of slurs he refers to the sign language as voodoo at one point and i was like what is happening yeah. in this movie he's the villain you know like, like they're not the movie's not showing it in a decent light um but it seems like that it was similar to like Ernest being in vietnam where i was like who's that because he tells the kids why does he tell the kids who he was in vietnam I don't think he's been to Vietnam, and he's trying to sound tough. I don't know. I think that's one of the few truths of the film. I think he went to Vietnam, and I think that's the way. I he think is. that explain yeah explains yeah. everything. Like I so like also he talks about Vern, and I'm like since Vern's not the camera in this movie, I'm like can only Ernest see Vern? Did Vern die in Vietnam? Like <laughs> oh shit! Like, <laughs> now you're asking the real questions. <laughs> um, like, like, what happened to Vern? Like, like Vern's buried under Ernest's house. Vern, I don't think so. I think Vern's, I think Vern's like jawbone is on a mantle in Ernest's house, and he's like, that was my friend in Danae. Mm. This is all that came back from him, you know. Or may, you know what? Maybe it's a um uh, like Don Draper situation where really Ernest was Vern, <laughs> or Vern, Vern, and Vern is taking the identity of this Ernest character. <laughs> That would make, actually, dissociative identity disorder would explain a lot of things. Yeah, because Ernest is an idiot. Rupert Fawn tricks Ernest into into tricking um, the grandpa, St. Cloud, into signing over his land. Because Ernest doesn't understand what he's doing, because he can communicate with the grandpa, but the grandpa doesn't speak English. Um, and so, okay, so uh, Ernest, then it all comes out that Ernest has screwed up. Then there's this shockingly real scene where Ernest breaks down and cries to Nurse St. Cloud after being physically beaten by the um, corporation's, like, construction team. And it was a very weird, real moment that's immediately interrupted by um, Ernest singing. <laughs> he didn't like yeah, the Ernest yeah. musical. <laughs> there's a music video in the middle of this movie. Because it's shot like a music video and not like a musical number yeah. in a movie. It's shot like a music video. Like, you could take it out of the movie and put it on, well, not an MTV. Let's say VH1. Yeah, I definitely did not remember the musical number. I do that not was... remember. <laughs> yeah, that's one of it those. It's very strange. Is Jim Varney scared of his reel? Like, does he need some, like, to show that he's got some range? Well, I mean, that's the worst part of all of this is Jim Varney actually was quite talented. He was oh, actually no. classically trained. <laughs> he's... I, I just want to make something clear, like, we, as we start this Ernest Odyssey. I don't know if I like Ernest, but I really like Jim Varney. 
he's pretty funny. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, he's very talented. And there were several moments, I didn't say, I won't say I laughed, but I respected Jim Varney's commitment to this. He was definitely in it. He, he wanted this. Excellent praise. Put that on the poster. Jim Varney is in this film. <laughs> um, although I will say the only time I, I did laugh once in the movie, and I don't remember which time it was, but it was at least an hour in. Um, at the beginning of the film, Ernest gets off this cart he travels around in. And for whatever reason, it drives off on its own because Ernest forgets to turn it off. But but every time you do a wide shot in the film, the cart drives through it as if to say the cart is like sentient and still driving around since the beginning of the movie, which, by the way, means the cart's been driving around for, I don't know, weeks. Um, but at one point, it, it, hap- it there was enough time passed that it hadn't happened in a while. And I think it's when you kind of start act three and like the sun rises and the cart drives through. I that was I laughed. I was like, that's that's pretty funny that that's still happening in the film. <laughs> That was the only yeah. laugh I got. I, I, I laughed I, once in the movie, and it was that. I was like, and it wasn't like a, a huge like guffaw, but I, I was like, ha! like it did kind of get me. I think I exhaled loudly. Honestly, I didn't laugh a lot at this movie. You're describing uh, a sigh, Corey. That's a that's a sigh. No, no, no. It's through your nose. You just do. <clears throat> yeah. I so think you know, I, I think laughed more. At the film. <clears throat> I think I laughed more from the. Uh, for some reason, from the cooks than anybody else. I found them incredibly disturbing. <laughs> yeah. They were just, I don't know. It was very strange how obsessed they were with the uh That was some John Waters terror I right think there. the only thing I laughed at in this movie that I genuinely found funny, and it wasn't, I didn't find it funny for the reason they originally intended, was the, towards the end of the movie, with the mass amounts of war crimes he starts committing at the construction workers. Yeah, so... Because I was just laughing at it, just like, all those people are fucking dead. <laughs> yeah, so basically, Ernest decides to take a stand and hold the camp from the construction team that's going to demolish it. Uh, there's a montage, a really fun 80s montage of them kind of preparing for war. Um, and most of it's kid-friendly war. It's like, we're building contraptions. But then there is just one shot of one of the kids drawing a switchblade. And I was like, oh, part of the plan. And I joked to myself, oh, part of this plan, part of the montage implies the, the plan includes murder. Oh, did I not realize that that is, in fact, part of the plan. Um, and they basically prepare for war, which includes Nurse St. Cloud begging Ernest to not go to war <laughs> with children she was just like these, do not go through with yeah, this these are, <laughs> these are kids if you're gonna give any credence to the vietnam war vet uh stipulation it would have probably been that because when they shot those fire arrows they hit explosive marked boxes maybe Ernest fought on the viet Cong side <laughs> Ooh, i could see yeah he could have done that yeah he didn't say which side of the war he was on. oh <laughs> yeah, he, that makes a lot of sense but she literally says to Ernest, quote, Ernest, you can't win this fight without legal help. And his response is, we're going to war. <laughs> <laughs> she leaves the film. But she we're going to war. Car, but don't do We're going to war. We're going to war. No, she leaves to go get the, uh, the restraining order. <laughs> Which I really assumed would be against him. So there's a bunch of comical parts of it. They're firing. Uh, they fire the turtles, um, which, by the way, those turtles are dead. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if people know about it, but if you've never had a turtle, those shells, they're fragile as hell. Yeah. Um, they, they launch the toilet at one point, which I guess Ernest never did end up cleaning. 
Um, so the toilet's full of presumably excrement. It's very medieval warfare, um, early versions of germ warfare. And I'm guessing high explosive, considering it hit and then exploded. Well, yeah, because the joke is he dropped a match in it before the cannon, for the cannon, before the catapult they built fired it, implying that the 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 amount of excrement in there has literally fermented into raw fertilizer that also has a catalytic agent. Ah, good. So Ernest helped plan the Oklahoma City bombing. Hey, you know what I mean? <laughs> hey, Vern. It's all the it's all the food that those guys have been feeding these people. Maybe Vern was trying. Maybe 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 Vern is Timothy McVeigh, <laughs> and Ernest <clears throat> is like, hey, hey Vern, hey Vern, there are kids in that building. You know what I mean? Let's not go that far. <laughs> Timothy McVeigh was ah, like, no, Ernest. Timothy McVern. I have to. Timothy McVern. <laughs> and then similar to Ernest, and this stuff I was really good screenwriting because uh, Ernest and Ernest and the villain Rupert Thorne are really a mirror of each other because similarly to how Ernest refused to listen to Nurse say Clown decided we're going to war. When Rupert Thorne hears about this, his lawyer says, "Hey, let's just get a court order." And Rupert Thorne's response is, "I'm picking up my rifle and getting in a car, and I'm going to go shoot these children." Yeah, that got dark quick. <laughs> I loved it. The I love the lawyer begging his client to not go on a shooting. Sport. Also, I'm sorry, but that is the worst lawyer ever. If he was on my retainer, I would have already fired him, man. Like, I'm just saying, like he was not representing a- the interests of his client at any point. There, please don't go kill kids. <laughs> okay, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. After that. After that, when, oh my god, when the police show up, I got the restraining order, and then we have like a, a prologue, or, or sorry, epilogue. I don't know, if I'm the lawyer. And they talk about the lawyer giving all this information to, I guess, the uh, DA about this maybe, company. Uh, oh, yeah, we Involving the coercion yeah. of Ernest. Yeah. And maybe the lawyer, maybe the lawyer, well, one, if the lawyer knew about the coercion, he actually does have to point you legal to, to keep his... To keep his but, Here's my point. He didn't know because the lawyer wasn't there. The CEO of Blowing Up Rocks Incorporated goes over to this guy. Rupert Thorne, yeah. Rupert Thorne must have told him. But to be fair, if if your client picks up a gun and says, I'm going to go murder children, maybe at that point you're like, I'm no longer representing this. (laughs) Maybe at this point you're like, I... Like, look, mm, either I turn on this guy or I'm definitely going to jail, too. <laughs> definitely getting kicked from the bar, if nothing else. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Once he picked up the gun in the murder of the children, I think he's like, well, my, my law career is already. I mean, that's gone. You know what I mean? Like, now it's how do I stay out of jail? <laughs> we might get we might get killed or worse, disbarred. <gasps> like he's trying to he's trying to cover his tracks because basically Ernest passes the test because the gun, um, he can't be shot with the gun. Um, the guy misses a bunch of times. I was really, uh, really thinking that when he put his finger in that barrel, the guy was going to say, and, and just pull the trigger. I was really waiting for it. I was waiting for it to, like, misfire, and the barrel literally Looney Tunes explodes into a fucking daisy. Exactly. And then it's just just like this big patch of, like, ash and smoke on... Yes, I... By the way, missed opportunity film. If I have any criticism, it's that. (laughs) He just kind of because if well, they had done that, perfect movie. Okay. He just kind of stops and like he's like, eh, and he just gets in his car and leaves. No, no, no he doesn't. Well, he no, he gets his panic no. look because Ernest sticks his finger in the barrel. Because Ernest is immortal. <laughs> Ernest is unkillable. And he's like, oh, I'm gonna go. And at first, I thought, oh, he's freaking out because he can't hit 
Ernest, and Ernest is clearly batshit insane. But then the camera pans, and there's the police showing up. So no, he wasn't freaked out that he couldn't shoot Ernest, and Ernest was sticking his finger down He's the barrel of the gun. No, I disagree. I think, I think no, because the cops show up after he puts down the gun. He puts down the gun and gives Ernest this look of, like, he 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 can't be killed. <laughs> like, he gives him this look of... Dude, he looks I've, scared. I've yeah. been defeated. And then the, the cops immortal, are right there. Don't tell me he didn't the hear those immortal, sirens. No, I really think he was just genuinely terrified. Just like, oh no! The cinematic language of the movie indicates that this vil- that this villain is afraid of the immortal Native American warrior spirit of Ernest. <laughs> right, and if you think about it, earlier in the film they show him using that rifle and shooting bottles downrange, and he never misses a single shot. When he misses Ernest, the lawyer, you cut to the lawyer and go, and he goes, that's yep. impossible. <laughs> he never misses. Yeah, but Considering cu- cut he to was win. shooting at him from like 10 yards away. <laughs> so the lawyer is like, no, don't go shoot those kids. And this guy's like, I'm going to go shoot those kids. He doesn't actually ever say that. But he gets in the car after he puts his rifle in the passenger seat. Oh, no, I believe Note, he literally says, the lawyer I'll gets handle in. this. I'll, and gets in the I'll car. handle this. He puts his rifle, you know, um, kind of in the middle dash area, right? Uh, clearly over on, like, the passenger side. Then the lawyer runs around gets in the car because why not? Uh, I'm his lawyer. Well, in for a penny, in for a pound. <laughs> just just driving and just so focused on the road ahead of him. Hey, maybe the lawyer just put blanks in, you know? Like, he's got to have bullets in the glove. Him, hey, I'll load it up for you. And then he puts blanks in. Or he fucked up the sight. He notched the sight the sight over. So the, the guy I, was say, I don't think a lot of people keep blanks in their glove box. <laughs> I could be wrong, though. I don't know if you're that lawyer. Maybe you're like, I, I always keep blanks on me just in case this yeah. guy. <laughs> he just zeroes it out to 900 meters. Good luck hitting anything with that. <laughs> oh. Yeah, you're right. The lawyer might be the hero. Basically, either the lawyer is a secret hero or Ernest is an immortal Native American warrior. You, d- you decide, audience. <laughs> pretty sure it's the latter. I, I like to think it's the latter. I mean, say what you will about the film, but when Ernest stands up to Rupert Dorn and passes the three trials, this movie does really uphold the Aristotelian unities of filmmaking and storytelling. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think the flashback cuts to the sword, axe, and arrow from whenever in the past was really necessary to enforce that. I get why they did it, but like, I know. It was the opening shot of the film. There's this trial of... It's, it's cinema, Corey. It's show, don't tell. We saw it once, and now we see it in a new context. I mean, Ernest also tells everybody about it, too, at one point yeah. in the movie. Yeah, no, they don't let us forget. Yeah, but instead of sword, axe, and arrow, it's bullet, bullet, and bullet. 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 <laughs> Miracle. The modern, the modern version of those weapons. <laughs> Part of me wishes this movie had ended with him just like emptying the rifle and missing, then pulling out a handgun and firing it till it's empty and missing, and then just walking I mean, it, up to him with a knife and then just like going to stab him and somehow just falling over next to him. It was like Neo when he stopped those bullets. <laughs> just like go full the mask with it. At this point, Nursing Cloud shows up with the police and says that basically off camera, she's like, I got the police. I got an injunction, which makes me think this siege has lasted for weeks. Yep. <laughs> because I don't know. I don't know if anyone's tried to get an injunction on anything. Uh-huh. That is not an, a that's few hour the, process. You're not going down there at 12 and coming back at two. That's that, that's a multi-day, oh multi-week process. Just to process. find the notary alone. So anyway, there's an injunction, and then we cut to, I don't know, a couple, what must what must be weeks later, because the camp's being rebuilt from the carnage and devastation led by Ernest. And um, uh, off camera, it's somehow the boys don't have to go back to the institution for their crimes. 
So they live at the camp now, I guess, with Ernest? Unclear. Yeah, but yeah that, no, that, that, that was expressly, uh, they, they said that. They're, they're living there indefinitely. He, he adopts all but the But I don't kids. know why. <laughs> like, like, what what? And he what doesn't, changed? they don't have to go to school. So don't tell the kids this, but the penitish, uh, the whatever you call it, the juvie's filled up and they can't take them back. Mm-hmm. So they just got to stay over with uh, good behavior early release. Just don't tell them that. <laughs> just stay with this old Vietnam vet who talks about somebody who you've never seen. Yep. Um. Uh, but anyway, so Ernest um, is fixing the sign from the beginning. He falls over with the sign, and at which point the grandfather, who heretofore has never been subtitled, Nursing Cloud speaks on his behalf, but translating. He he speaks, and the there is the one and only subtitle in the film, which is translating what he said. Ernest broke the sign, which I gotta tell you, one of the best uses of withheld subtitles, not since The Hunt for Red October, have I seen such mastery of using subtitles cinematically. Again, I didn't laugh, but I did respect the joke. And that's sort of the... T- oh, also, Ernest has made a counselor, obviously, because he um uh, presumably... um wait i mean he because he won his war also i guess because he's friend you know what's also weird is the dude who owns the land is like ernest's friend why doesn't the landowner just come in to look at that counselor and go hey make my friend a counselor yeah and also he's he's better than basically all of the counselors he doesn't push the kids in the water he doesn't instigate fights and burn down tps no he takes them he he like he's he's the best counselor (laughs) You're right. It's true. While he's an incompetent idiot, counseling's not, not actually that that like requires that much. You basically have to keep the kids alive and 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 give them fun activities to do every day. And Ernest definitely nails those two those two points. And Nurse Saint Cloud, I don't know that she's that great a nurse. All she seems to do is just inject Ernest with stuff every day. I mean, the poison ivy didn't you know kill him. Oh, <laughs> speaking of Mengala, so I mean, the shot must. Well, oh, that makes sense actually. Yeah, and then there's a mid-credit scene um, where the cooks invent some kind of transmutative soup, and one of them turns into a lounge crooner. I didn't see that. Yeah, no. I definitely. I, missed I that. think you're making this up, David. There's a mid-credit sequence. So the song that starts, they transmute the other. The cook transmutes the other cook, and he turns into the guy singing the song. All right. <laughs> I, I, I I turned it uh, off the second I saw credits. <laughs> Well, yeah. Well, okay. You guys, you didn't see it when Vern showed up and asked Ernest to join the Avengers Initiative. That would have been a fantastic ending. I thought after or after middle credits, like scenes were like a Marvel thing. I didn't. Oh no, they've been around forever. I mean, I mean not forever, but like, uh, I mean, Ferris Bueller ends with a. There's a sequence after the credits. I what? Mean, yeah. Am I? Blo- oh my god. Am I blowing your mind, Corey? Yeah. At the end of Ferris Bueller. Wow. Um, after the credits go. Ferris comes out of the shower and goes, "You guys are still here. The movie's over. Get out of here. Go." And he shoots you like away. A lot of a lot of the post-credit scenes used to be like just comedy movies to kind of tell you like what happened to the characters after the movie. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Um, I'd say that was a big thing in the in the eighties. I mean, a movie we've covered on this very show, Street Fighter, has a post-credit sequence. <laughs> if you recall, Bison's fist comes out of the wreckage. And the computer starts over. It says, play again, world domination. I like how you hesitated to call this a show. There is one thing we didn't address, and that was um, during the film, towards the very end, where the cart comes back for the, la- or for the second to last time. Again, set up and pay off. And they fill it with high explosives to run it at the bulldozer. 
and it explodes, destroying the bulldozer. And then the big dude that had previously beaten the absolute shit out of Ernest gets out of the bulldozer, burned and succumbed to smoke inhalation. He got this is us. <laughs> and Ernest just punches him in the face. <laughs> Well, does anyone does anyone here even get that reference? Nope. Uh, here's here's the thing, man. Like they had a lot of explosives like, on them. It was quite a cultural phenomenon. <laughs> That's how the, the smoke inhalation is how the dad died in this. this and then us. he got punched in the face by Jim Varney. Well, <laughs> yes. So so for for God, this is such a such a flash of the pan that it may, people don't even remember this now. Probably may not even remember this. This is us was a very popular um show on network television. That had this mystery at the core, which is because the show took place during two timelines following the adults, these adults, the, the, the children um, in the past or who are now adults and how their lives connect back. And their father is notably absent in the present and clearly has, has died. And, and they kind of drew out what happened. And the only, and there was these weird clues, specifically there an Instapot was like the only big clue. Like the daughter freaks out at Instapots because basically a malfunctioning pressure cooker, um, caused a fire in their house when they were kids and you're like oh he must have died in the fire and, the, and then when they they got when the you know the super bowl rotates to every network so when it got to nbc they lined it up so that the episode where they revealed it was after the super bowl their year and um yeah milo Ventimiglia, hero's own milo Ventimiglia, who has played the dad in the past the fire starts he and and they have made it in such a way that you get to every moment where you're like, oh, this is where he dies. Oh no, he goes back in for the dog. Don't die saving the dog. Don't Jonathan Kent and Mana steal this. You saved all the kids. Um, but he saves the dog and he gets out and he's in the hospital and everything's fine, and then he just drops dead. And you find out that the smoke inhalation is what killed him hours after the fact. Spoilers for this is a spoilers for a cultural moment that happened like five fucking years ago. So Jim Varney does not show up and punch him in the face. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot about how Jim Varney invaded the hospital, pushed past Mandy Moore and just started punching my love into Amelia. Anyway, we would almost like to know any other thing. My love into Amelia was being in. He was in uh, Rocky Balboa. He was his son. Didn't see it. It's the third best Rocky movie. I, I saw the first one. That's all I needed. Oh, you got to watch four. Oh, we'll, oh, we'll watch four. <laughs> oh, no. For when he ends, when he ends the Cold War, are you kidding me? Is that the one where he has the robot butler? Yes, of course it is. Why would I show you any <laughs> of them that don't have the robot butler? Good point. I'm, I'm just wasting everyone's time if I do that. It's irresponsible of me as the host of a podcast to show someone a Rocky movie that isn't Rocky One or the one where he has a robot butler. So, which is the best Rocky movie? Well, Rocky One, obviously. Rocky. Well, Rocky One's a real movie. <laughs> like Rocky One's like an actual piece of cinema. Um, the rest, so the rest is, are all is Rocky Four number two. Uh, no, uh, Creed, which is also a real movie, <laughs> is the best. Oh, yeah. oh wait, I forgot Rocky about, but I don't know. Uh, you know what? On the road to Rocky, we will find out. There's too many Rocky films, apparently. There's a, and they made a Creed two. There's there's eight films if you, counting Creed and Creed two. There's eight. That's, eight that's Rocky ridiculous. Films. I mean, it isn't it. I mean, he says the man who says the man who 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 loves Friday the Thirteenth. Uh, people in people in Jason houses shouldn't throw Rocky stones. But I don't know. I feel like at least there's like thirteen of those. At, at least he, you know, sometimes he goes space. to space and sometimes he goes to Manhattan ish. Uh, he didn't go to Manhattan. He got on a he, boat. Yep. <laughs> Jason yeah. took a cruise, and then for ten minutes he went to Manhattan. But you know, and then one time he went to hell. I guess. And again, right know, at, at the least, end. 
what a letdown. Yeah, at least at least he does things other than, you know, just box with other characters. Hey, is it weird that and maybe I'm not the first person to point this out, but is it weird that all the Friday the thirteenth subtitles are basically spoilers for what happens at the end of each of the movies? Never really thought about Jason it. Jason goes to hell. That's how the movie. that's how the movie ends. Jason takes Manhattan. That's how the movie ends. The final chapter. That's that because Jason dies at the what end. About, isn't there like new blood? Uh new there's there's a new beginning. Is it a new beginning? Which is which is that the new beginning's five and then six is is it new blood? Well, because I guess is it five or is it six where it's not actually Jason? It's Roy, that's five. That's the very next so the one after he dies yeah. is, is it's Roy, a ambulance driver. Um yeah. and and uh then six he comes back. And then seven is the one with the psychic, which I oh, can't remember uh, the name of that one. So five is a new beginning, mm. six is Jason lives. Jason and seven lives. Is yeah, seven is the new blood. Jason lives. Big spoiler, he survives the mm-hmm. film. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's that. That's weird. I've never thought about that till right now. And Jason X, as we know, X is a symbol for space. Uh huh. Wait, is that why Elon Musk named it SpaceX? Probably. Teslas are based on the uh, the Uber Jason. <laughs> Jason drives for Lyft. That's so- I still can't believe they called him Uber Jason. The Cybertruck's based on Freddy. <laughs> when you get in the Cybertruck, it calls you bitch. Mm-hmm. That would be fair. I'd buy that. You'd buy that for a dollar? <laughs> Damn right. I'm still waiting on my uh, my Friday the 13th COVID mask to get here. You got a Friday the 13th COVID mask? So Tom Savini and one of the special effects designers, basically they, they're teaming up and they're making um, horror, like hockey, horror. Like hockey masks for COVID. I mean, in an age where so many people are buying Bane versions of them, I guess the Jason one is just one white trash step away from a Bane one, isn't it? I feel like we've left Stephen Corey behind in our... Um, Friday the 13th cast? No, no, go on. It's fine. Yeah, don't, don't, don't stop on my account. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> yeah. Don't stop on my account. I'm just reading. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I've just pulled, up a, pulled out a good book while we continue. Ernest goes to Crystal Lake. Mm-hmm. By the way, if this were I- Camp Crystal Lake... And Jim Varney. I would watch that. Oh, I would. Hey, man, Abner Costello meet Frankenstein needs to come back. There are so many eras of comedy where it's like, imagine if Ernest had had met Jason and Freddy. How great would that have been? <laughs> what is this? A crossover episode? Especially if they kept up the same like Looney Tunes style. Yeah, and what? And in the mid two thousands, while we had the while we had the Asian horror remake boom, we could have had like Borat meet. Um. Um. <laughs> meets Ghostface. Meet me, Ghostface from Scream, and the girl from The Rain, and the boy from The Grudge, <laughs> the Blair Witch themselves. Actually, you know what? A found footage movie where Ernest takes a couple kids into a camp with like a video a VCR trying to find ghosts. The VCR, huh? I'd, I'd watch that too. You're just des- not v- you're, sorry. You're, <laughs> you're, you're describing what you're describing is 99% of the programming on on like Discovery Channel now. <laughs> True. But yeah, Ernest, I mean obviously Jim Varney, God rest his soul, has pat, has left this mortal coil and um now walks him among the Titans. But uh we so we cannot have any more Ernest, but I would love for a new Ernest, a new Ernest type to to take the reins, perhaps his son Vern the Second can 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 rise and and take children into a camp yet again. Who who would be? Like, is there anything similar to Ernest now? Like I don't really keep up with a lot of kids stuff. I mean, I think the closest thing is like 
what we we got like late Larry the Cable Guy was like the closest thing, and and I don't like, and I don't just mean be, and I don't just mean because he's playing more trash. I mean like it's a character played by a comedian. Um, yeah, I mean, and, isn't and Ernest kind of like a and redneck? He, and he got movies. Isn't Ernest kind of like a redneck Pee Wee Herman? Kind of, uh, sort of. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, this goes back. I mean, this goes back to vaudeville. Like the, the, these kind of characters have been around forever. You know, like like, like it's not like a, a new thing. But yeah, for all we know, there's somebody doing this right now, doing something similar right now that we're not even aware of. I mean, they probably are doing it. It's just on YouTube, and it's not going to get mainstream enough to oh, flesh yeah. out a series cool. of movies. Oh. Oh, what was that YouTube guy who played like a weird, like childlike character who got his own movie made by YouTubers? He got like a trilogy no of idea. them. Oh wait, no, there is that. This exists. Hold on. No, wait. When did this happen? Like not that long ago. Uh, okay. I mean, making videos is all YouTubers do. No, no, no. Hold on. Oh, I, I, yes, that's. I understand that. Hold on. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I understand how YouTube works, Corey. <laughs> thank you, thank you for the, thank you for the revelation. Yeah, you you make a video and you put it on YouTube, and then people watch it or they hate it. That's that's all content. That's all videos. That's that. The... Usually, when people hate it, they didn't actually watch it. Did you know? Wait, how could they hate it but not watch it? That doesn't make oh, any sense. Oh, so and so told me that uh, this is a trash video. So just click on this link and hit the download button. Why? Because that's how the internet works, David. God. Why would why would you put in that effort to show them? I don't know. I don't do this. But it happens. I mean, I put a downvote on all the Diablo, Immortal stuff. Why? Same. Because I, I was like it. displeased. But you haven't played it. I, wa- <laughs> I wanted to give them my digital <laughs> thumbs down. But you haven't played it. Yeah, I just didn't care for. Well, it. I can't exactly downvote someone on the... stage making. Also, They'll real quick, that game's still not fucking Wait, wait, out wait. Yet. You don't have to download anything. That. Wait, why are you all downvoting marketing? That's a great question. Fuck marketing. Like, what? what is wait, What is the impulse to, to look at a piece of marketing and go, I need to let the people who hired this marketing firm know. They need, they need to know that, that we don't, don't want like it. like this marketing firm's material. Yeah, well, that's not... You don't want it by not buying it. That's how they'll know you don't want it. If they're just going to look at the trailer and go... They're just gonna look at the trailer and go. Well, obviously, it's not a good trailer. This is how you ended up with a, a trailer cut of Suicide Squad by or Suicide Squad being cut by Trailer House. At no point did they take the poor reaction to the first two trailers of Suicide Squad and go, "Oh, well, maybe we should shelve the movie." They went, "We just need a different trailer." Like they're never. It's too late. The money was spent. Like 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 the games happening. So, I actually about Diablo Immortal. It's still in development in a true Blizzard style, even though Blizzard's not actually developing it figure that one out mm-hmm. actually you know what's probably happened to is what happened to starcraft ghost where yeah, Blizzard's not dead. doing the development but they're trying to over micromanage it so much that the company that they hired to do the development is stuck in this eternal purgatory of never being able to check anything off the list i have no doubt that's what they're doing it's it's like smothering of micromanaging they announced it two years ago and there has been no that's an eternity for mobile game development. right and there's been no information since but, it, but well there's and... been no information no, no, they, since they, they had a trailer well, there's been no information since that Diablo 4 trailer, but that doesn't mean they're not doing it. Here's the thing. PC game yeah, but I feel PC like... gets announced. It's like, oh, that might take, you know, five or 15 years if you're Duke Nukem Forever. Eh, that's kind of how things go sometimes. But mobile games? Yeah. Mobile, you announce yeah. your mobile game? It's out That in shit's month. out in three months. It's already isn't done. This technically, isn't this technically Blizzard's first mobile game, though? It, it, but it's not because they're not developing it. I really think, like like we were saying, like we downvoted it. The entire fucking world downvoted those trailers. 
and the the reception of the announcement was like fuck this game because the the reveal made it sound like that game was going to be out in a few months and they have not announced anything since and they're i mean it'll probably come out but they probably had to they probably went back to rebuild or redo what do you something mean rebuild it it was just being built on top of an existing game Here's the thing, man. Like, we could have released four Diablo yeah. Immortals in the time since they did that announcement if this was any other... I don't understand what the holdup is. And I'm guessing is what happened to StarCraft Ghost. That game was in development hell for years before it finally got axed. But there was an almost completed product ready at several or points. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, Titan, Titan's Overwatch now. So you see, unlike StarCraft Ghost, yeah. those assets were used. <laughs> yeah. Well couple things one brian this is the same behavior you mock by sending me your friends um zack snyder things this is the exact <laughs> same behavior that you're that you all are exhibiting this is this is brian often sends i don't know if he sends you guys this because but i find it immensely enjoyable which is brian sends me these screenshots of these of his friends on social media who are true 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 died in the wool snyder bros who post daily about you know like wanting the snyder cut um and you well, know they're they're getting getting it. well yeah, yeah, but like, like this behavior, Brian, that you are mocking is the behavior of being like, I don't really know about this, and I'm not going to play it, but I'll definitely be angry at the trailer. <laughs> like, that's the same behavior. But you know, I look, I don't, I don't. Well, I'm not going to say I don't want Diablo Immortal. I don't care. I wasn't going to play a mobile version of Diablo, or I don't really play many mobile games other than Tetris. So this isn't really for me. Um, I think it's yeah. just weird that they. I think their biggest, I think their only mistake was, was, hey, you're a crowd of PC gamers. We're doing this mobile game. And the, and, and, and because, because intense hardcore video game fans who travel to a convention for a single company, um, which is the most insane thing I've ever heard about, but apparently is a thing, um, decided instead <coughs> Apple Keynote. Those, yeah, they invite journalists that I don't, I can't go to the Apple Keynote, nor would I. <laughs> Well, you answered my second question they, with that answer. So, moving on. Yeah, nor would I. If they were like, I could live down the street. Maybe if I lived down the street and it was free and I'd have to stand in a line. But I don't think any of those things will ever be true. <laughs> yeah, this is the equivalent of like um, going to... Um Going to like an Xbox conference and announcing a PlayStation exclusive. Well, no, no, no. It's not. It's... it's they. You went to Blizzard Con and Blizzard talked about a game from a franchise that they own. And and because the kind of people they were talking to were the kind were, were it turns out they are a little bit intense and not the most reasonable people, the kind of people who would go to a convention designed for one company, like shocking, decided instead of going, oh, we don't really care about that. What else you got? Decided that this was an affront to their to their entire existence. <laughs> you know, because like that was a, one that was of the a remarkable presentation. Because after that all happened, they also canceled HGC, which effectively killed Heroes of the Storm. So they did a real two for one or that year. Let me tell you, this is why it's so weird to be like, I love this one company. Like I am so obsessed with a company that I would go to a fan convention run by that company for that company is baffling to me. I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm like, that is some nice. That's some nice. You, you think that's a little shit. wacky. I've got news for you. There's something. Oh, even... I think it's more than a little oh, wacky. No, no, I no. think it's downright disturbing. <laughs> there, there's one, there's one tier up from that. So there's a, a game called Warframe, right? They it's have a convention called, called Tinocon. It is all about this one free to play game that this one company works on. 
Why isn't it called Warframe hey, Con? At least, at least Warframe is a finished game. No, it's not. What about Star Citizen? <laughs> what about Star Citizen? Warframe Con? is not finished. Warframe is technically War- still in beta. All right. Warframe's more in finished than Star Citizen. People go, people go to a fucking Star Citizen convention. You basically can't even fucking play that game. Oh yeah, Star it's, Citizen. Well, that's because Star Citizen's never going to be finished because it doesn't need to be. <laughs> It's now up and over three hundred million dollars for in people funding. that want this game, and he's just—I don't know what he's doing with their money, but he's—he must be having fun with it. Yeah, it's because it's Chris Roberts, and Chris Roberts exists to for feature creep. He's been demoted or fired from two companies prior to this for starting games and then never being able to finish them because he's just like, well, I want to add this now, and I want to add that, and I'm going to add this. Can we just have a finished game? No, because I got to put more shit in it. We just spent three months debugging and getting ready for release. No, we got to add two new features that are going to break everything. And by the way, I we're doing an made a new upgrade. ship. It shoots dicks. It's going to be great. It's going to cost eight thousand dollars. I cannot cannot and believe that that game has not really an exaggeration. Three hundred million dollars, and you still really can't even fucking play it. That drives me insane. The system requirements for this title are so off the wall. You have to have a top-tier gaming PC in order to even fire this thing up. And even then, the load times are trash. The frame rates are low. I just don't get it. Like, how? How did they fuck this up so bad? And then you look at the guy behind the project. He has a history of doing this. His entire career, this has been his problem. And at some point, he decided, I'm going to go grassroots. And this is the result. And all the idiots that keep giving him money out of sunk cost fallacy will defend this stupidity until the end because they've already spent thousands of dollars on virtual spaceships and they have a game that runs like shit and they really just hope that someday it's kind of maybe worth it but they they go to they go to a convention once a year for this game that isn't even fucking out and at this convention he announces things that still don't come out (laughs) for the next fucking year yeah i guess compared to blizzard uh blizzard's a fast developing company right (laughs) Yeah, the next thing I'm expecting for them is being like, well, this game really, you know, it's been really hard to optimize, and Unreal just got back to us about their UE5 stuff, so uh, we're going to scrap what we've got and restart over in UE5, because it'll make things a lot easier to run. I mean, at least if they stay in the Unreal Engine tree, their assets will be somewhat portable. I've migrated games back and forth between 1 on, and 2 and 2 and they're 3. They're not on Unreal Engine, though. No, they're, they're using, not, they're using um, some proprietary... No, it's uh, Cry- I think it's Crytek. Are they using CryEngine? Why? 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 It's either CryEngine or it's the uh, Amazon. Well, there's engine. the problem. Um, Why doesn't it have good frame rates? Oh, I don't know. This engine doesn't optimize. We don't know what occlusion oh, is. Oh no, this does run on lumber. What's it that? Is Render every Lumbar pixel yard. all the time. David, do you have any idea what we're talking about? <laughs> Sorry, David. <laughs> they can't even keep subtitles in sync for movies they stream so don't even by the way i found that youtube guy it's he was called it was called fred oh my fred god I know you're he had three about. movies yeah he had millions of views he was like a childlike character um and he had three films um i don't i believe they were all straight to and then he died to video no no he's still around <laughs> okay, his real name was he... his real name was was uh uh lucas uh uh crookshank and uh you just keep talking about him in the past tense, so I'm like, is he dead? Well, these movies are, are uh, incredibly old. The first oh. Fred movie is well, incredibly old. The the, the movies are for, uh, from 2010 to uh, and and to, 
2011 and 2012. The third one was on uh, the movie. The, it was some kind of deal struck with Nickelodeon, is is the deal. So yeah, they, I don't they don't appear to be um theatrically released, but I mean they are they were major productions. One of them included John Cena. Um, Great. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, the point being, like, this is a, a an example of of this. Well, I think that was earnest. Yeah. So anyway, what do we all think about Star Citizen? Um, which is I understand what what. By the way, what kind of game is it? Like, what is it? Like, like forget all the the bullshit about like the real world. What is just the game supposed to be? As of right now, it's a game where you can fly around in a spaceship with your friends. But the idea was to create... <laughs> what you're describing sounds like so many video games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the idea is to create this entire world in space where you can go to pl- from planet to planet and you can board other people's ships and you can be a space pirate. You can you can do anything. You can be a merchant. You can, like, it's... The idea I is would... to basically make this infinite possibility game. Hey. Which isn't fucking hey, possible. Hey, guys. Look over yeah, there. There's the a world. finished game with a lot of great like expansion Life? pack level add-ons that have come up for free that's out that's it's called no man's sky and guess what it runs great and it has everything you just you know, described and it's cheap i would love a video game developer to come out and say we decided for this game that we have zero interest in creating a world <laughs> Because it feels like when you when you're like the idea is it's supposed to be this huge world with all these things. I'm like I feel like that's every one who ever pitches a video game ever for the last like ten years. It's like we really wanted to create this massive world where you could go. I would love for someone to come out and be like, it's a very limited world. <laughs> I mean, there's honestly there, there's, there's kind of no world. There are indie games <laughs> that come out. It's just like yeah, it's a linear playthrough. It's you know, it's just a road yeah. like, like you know. it's just not the words you hear come out of a lot of developers' mouths. It's just like no, there's no world. We've created this vast immersive world where you can do anything you want it's a creative open world procedurally generated survival craftable am i ringing any bells yet because that's most games that have come out the past decade i all you might be ringing bells but i can't hear them over the sound of me trying to find money to give you for this (laughs) all of it please and by the way this game's staying in pre-release alpha for at least five years now take your money please Pre-order now, and I'll send you a t-shirt sometime. I can't believe I either have to cut all this out or put, or literally, hashtag Blizzard on our first episode of mm-hmm. Ernest. Enjoy. <laughs> that is... Should we just change our name nope. to Blizzard Cast? I wonder if that's available. Since Destiny broke up with Blizzard, I haven't had a lot to say about them, honestly. Right, and then eventually Bungie went to camp. What? That's our podcast. Honestly, yep. I it's been so long since I've talked about Ernest 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 went going to camp <laughs> that I literally thought there was a studio named Camp. And then and then my brain broke, Brian, and and then I was like, What? I did um, Dave I'm successful. David, your profile picture's what? been replaced with the blue screen. I'm not sure how, because I know you use a Mac, but there it is. That's weird, my my profile screen's just it's just a picture of the Blizzard logo now. <laughs> Blizzard's a verb now. How many Blizz bucks do you have? Um, that, that's a thing. I'm sure. I'm sure it fucking is, and I'm sure we can talk about it for 45 minutes after the next earnest. So tune in, audience. No Did you know that if you send money over Blizzard's financial network, it takes a week to become accessible by the party you sent it to? 
No, Corey, and maybe our audience didn't either. I guess we'll have to find out more about our uh, during our next episode of the Earnest Odyssey. <laughs> You've been listening to Caddy Wampus. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Tumblr at Caddy Wampus Pod. Email us at caddywampuspodcast at gmail.com. Music by Tilly. 